step back and assess your relationship and go, where are the parts that kind of are insecure? Where are the parts that we could do some work to make sure that our marriage is running at full capacity? Yeah. This This is the Connecting Couples Podcast with The Real Emhoffs. Hi, I'm Chad Emhoff. And I'm Angela Emhoff, and welcome to this new series where we're going to talk about maintenance on your marriage, the important things that we have to do intentionally about really making sure that our marriage is set up for continual success, for health, for security. You know, Chad and I have been working on some content that we're doing for an engaged couples workshop, and we kind of started talking about the difference between couples that have been married a long time versus brand new couples that are starting out. And so we we really are building this series for the space in between. It's not a brand new, just getting started, but it's also not somebody who is in crisis or who has decided I have to get to a place where we need therapy because it's really bad. And I know for a while we've really been kind of talking issue specific, the anatomy of a fight, the anatomy of a repair, you know, how to stay tuned in. Those are the ideas that we've been talking about really are built around distress. This is a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's... uh it's different for a lot of reasons. I think uh, we've talked about like, you know, strong pursuers or, or big or withdrawers that really pull back. But if, if your marriage isn't one that's in a bad place, you know, we haven't talked much about how do you just maintain this? How do you, how do you kind of maintain or just kind of build on the momentum that you already have? And so that's kind of what we were thinking about. It's funny as Angela and I were talking about this, we started talking about different metaphors of maintenance and, and things you work on and things that break. And, and, and if you, if you don't maintain them, they break. Right. So we had all these metaphors of planes and cars and houses, and we might break those down in a second, but, but we constantly are doing this maintenance on the things that we care about, on the things that are valuable to us. Right. If we don't do the maintenance stuff starts falling apart. And I think it's true with our marriage too. So we, we were like, Hey, what are the content area? What are the areas that, that maybe get overlooked sometimes? Uh, especially if, if we get busy, with life. I know in our lives, we get so busy and so much is going on. It's easy for us to just miss each other. And we don't want to miss each other. We don't want to, uh, you know, neglect in some ways our relationship or our marriage, but it's easy to do if I'm not intentional. It's easy to miss really the most important part of my life if I'm not intentional about going back and doing the work and making a plan for it. So really that's what we're going to do in this series is talk about what are the plans? What are the, what are the ways that we should be intentional about maintaining, about cultivating a healthy and growing marriage. We really kind of started thinking through, what do we do? What are the maintenance things we do for our relationship? Usually we have quite a few conversations before we put the material together and get ready to hit the record button for these. And so we started kind of going, what do? What are the qualities? And we And we decided to break it down very similar to you know, whether it was my father as a, you know, teenage girl who just got a car and he's like, check the oil, make sure if the gas light comes on this or that. I'm already thinking of great stories for this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, even Chad, he is a fixer at heart. Like he just kind of has this awareness of things that need attention. If there's going to be cold, he knows to leave the water dripping. I'm like, that is a good tip for people to make sure their pipes don't freeze at their house. There are similar things that we can do in our relationship to make sure 
resentment doesn't build, bitterness doesn't build, not even that we're avoiding distress or bad, but that really invest. I, I feel like we're going to use a lot of metaphors, but another one I think is, you know, when you have a garden, it's not just pulling out the weeds. It's also giving it nutrients and giving it fertilizer and making sure it gets water and making sure it gets sunshine. And so for us, we had to, to kind of come at this with how are we breaking this down? And so over the course of the next few episodes, we're going to kind of approach this like, what do we do yearly? That's important. What do we do quarterly and monthly? That one's going to be together. What do we do weekly? What do we do daily? And then the fundamental things that are good for a relationship that are just kind of like a mission statement or like our moral values that we both agree to and hold to. And so we're going to prompt several conversations throughout this series that really kind of ask you to step back and assess your relationship and go, where are the parts that kind of are insecure? Where are the parts that we could do some work to make sure that our marriage is running at full capacity? Yeah. No, I love it. And I, and I, I was working with a couple uh, a long time ago and, and they were, they were saying, Hey, we're doing pretty good overall, right? Really all we want to know is like, what are the ways that we can kind of go on the offense? How can we maintain a healthy marriage? And, and, and we get the pursue withdraw stuff. We get our cycle, we get, and, and they were really kind of wrapping up, um, with, with therapy. And they're like, how do we continue this? How do we maintain this? How do we, how do we really build on what we've been doing? And so that's really what, kind of comes to mind when I think about this first segment that we're talking about. It's like, we really want to set you up to have longevity, to really build on whatever it is that you've been able to, to accomplish. So that's what we're talking about. We're saying, how can we go on the offense and how can we really structure our relationship so that it's, yeah, I mean, bulletproof so that it doesn't, if, if the hard times come or if we have a, a months where we don't get to do some of the rituals or normal things that we would like to do, that we can maintain, that we can kind of survive in these times when things kind of get so Crazy, so tricky, so hard sometimes. There's a statistic that I remember in grad school hearing about how long it takes a couple to actually call or ask for therapy or ask for help when they've been in distress. And the statistic is like seven years into the distress. hard. Yeah. For seven years, they tried to do it on their own. They tried to kind of suffer through what was hard, what they couldn't navigate. And it reminds me, I had a friend uh, that owned a salon and she would be doing, she did all the things, nails, hair, all the things. And she was doing this woman's nails. And the woman was very particular and kind of took the file out of her hand and said, I want to file my own, own nails. Um, and my friend who was really honest and snarky kind of responded <laughs> and said, do you take the drill out of the dentist hand and drill your own teeth? And it was kind of a, a little banter they had between them. And I told Chad this analogy because I think so many couples don't have the understanding or resources or education, or they don't even know why things are hard, and yet they're trying to fix it on their own. And there are tips and tricks that that actually do work. And Chad and I aren't usually tips and tricks kind of people. We really tend to kind of go deeper and talk about the emotional impact. But when we started really assessing this, the reality is that there are things that we do on a regular basis, a consistent basis, that do help us build security, that do help us feel like I've got you and yeah. you've got me. And that's where we kind of wanted to approach this. The, the idea that we would say, don't wait until it gets so bad that now you're trying to make up for the yeah. loss or the hardship, but instead go, hey, we want to. Now, I want to just for a second note, if you are in a hard place, I know 
there are couples who write into us and let us know, I found your podcast because I was in a desperate place and now I've been listened to all the episodes and I have this awareness now of the role that I play and and I'm trying to do something about it. And couples who have said, now we're getting into therapy because this gave them a language. And so we do understand that there are couples who, like Chad just said, the couple he had, they they were in therapy and they were working on it. And so then this series will be once you've gotten back to a place where things are starting to feel a little more comfortable. These are the these are the maintenance yeah. requirements. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think, you know, it, it probably, um, you know, that couple that that seven years in, they they probably this isn't enough for them. It's what you're saying. It's like just doing maintenance steps after seven years of distress. It isn't. It won't work. It's not enough. But if if you're saying, hey, we've we've just kind of been missing a little bit. It's not. It's not a huge struggle. It's not, we're not in the, in the ditch, so to speak. Our house isn't falling down around us. If you want to use that metaphor, um, you know, we, we just are missing. We're just, there are some places that we don't like, or we don't like, you know, that, that aren't working. Then this is probably a podcast. This, this one in this series anyway, is, is one that I would say, man, it's, it's worth listening to, you know, and, and I, we can't help but use some of the EFT and withdraw pursue language, but I think a lot of times, you know, there's this this tendency to say, hey, I'm a withdrawer. I'm just going to let it ride because we're going to let it ride, you know, and, and I don't want to have to, if I start changing things up or asking for things or wanting a date night or talking about sex or my desires or whatever the thing might be that could rock the boat. And so we kind of, at times, I think a withdrawer will let it ride. Um, but But we really do have to be intentional about saying, hey, I want to engage with my wife. I want my relationship. Yeah. We are allowed to have wants. Right, we're allowed to say, "Hey, I desire something to be different." I think on the flip side of that, that pursuer role, that energy that comes up to try to um, fix what's broken or bring attention to areas where we do have insecurities or we do feel like there are opportunities. Um, this maintenance approach says we're on the same team and we're going to assess our relationship together and we're going to put a plan together that we're both in agreement on. That isn't usually how a pursuer works in a distress. If it's getting bad, my tendency or my role is to assess what's bad and then just start giving instruction to everybody and anything who who isn't sticking to the plan. And so I, I possibly could see an area of, of insecurity or weakness. And instead of saying, hey, Chad, can we come together and discuss how our relationship is working and where it needs attention, instead I'll just say, Chad, you need to ask me on more dates or you need to... <laughs> Um, you know, help me with the taxes every spring, <laughs> whatever, it is, whatever yeah. the thing is. And so yeah. the idea here is also to kind of preemptively avoid some of those cycle patterns that derail us. And instead, you know, in very Chad and Angela fashion, asking you to sit down as a couple and consider a different approach to this. So we're not just like Chad is saying on the defense, trying to prevent it from going bad, but we're actually going in a good direction and, and really maintaining our relationship that's doing, that's going well. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, really what we're talking about is the positive side of a cycle a little bit. It's this idea that if we get really intentional about like, hey, I, I am somebody who's strong and stable and consistent, I can come up with a routine and make the routine work and show up in a very uh, formatted way 
sometimes. And just like Angela can have energy and as a pursuer and kind of like show up and, and, and add to the relation. It's what I liked about her. Right. I liked her, mm-hmm. her energy and her, her tone and her voice and, and kind of get how, things done, how she can. Yeah. Well, she, <laughs> and that's true. I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they're like, Angela is a finisher. She has a project. It will get done. <laughs> uh, and, and it's true though, but that's something sometimes I sometimes really like. at any cost I fear, but, well, but the but, reality is, yeah. yeah. You can push and you can make things happen. And that's really important when it comes to, are are we going to get this relationship moving forward? How are we going to get it? Are we going to be stronger? Are we going to be better? Are we going to, and those are things that I think if we don't do that, you know, we just end up missing each other. So this is really what we're talking about. An offense, a positive side of the cycle. Can we, can we engage each other with the things that maybe could work against us at times, but actually use those things that were actually the things that they, they attracted us to each other. Yeah. I want to come back to that positive cycle because I want to lay out for just a second kind of what that looks like. The idea that if I feel distress or let's say I, you know, I've described before that a pursuer tends to, in in our sick at home series, I discuss like we analyze and if there's a cough, it's like, pay attention to the cough and fix what's wrong. Yeah. You know, and a, and a, with, a withdrawer might go, <clears throat> this is a cough, it'll go away. You know, I'll that's... be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> and so in that fashion, a positive cycle says, hey, I'm noticing, I'm the pursuer. Hey, I'm noticing that it just feels like there's a weakness or an insecurity in this area, or there's something here that might need attention. Can we together discuss some of the solutions to that? Instead of me going into my head and being five steps down the road, having looked up online strategies for a healthier marriage, you know, whatever those things are, I I know that there are couples out there where only one side of the couple is listening to the podcast, usually the pursuer, but sometimes withdrawers will too. But for for us, the hope is that, that not only, we've done these series before when we say withdrawers, your pursuer wants inclusion, let us in. You know, I was really thinking about the fact that pursuers, your withdrawer also wants inclusion. Your withdrawer wants to be a part of the solution, not just to be told what to do in your solution. And so for me, the the pursuer side of that is to not just start dictating to Chad what I feel he needs to do for my plan to work, but to say, hey... Let's sit back and assess our marriage and together, where are areas you see we could work on and what could I do and where are areas that I see and can we come up together with something we can agree on? And so that's really kind of where we're going to dive into this is that the two of you together are assessing your current relationship. And it's not, by the way, just to point out, here's what's wrong or here's the weakness. In fact, this is the opposite of that in some ways, this series, right? We want to say... How do we get the really good stuff that we do? How do we get that and move it forward? How do we do more of the things that actually work? Sometimes we spend so much energy on the negative, and this is a withdrawer's dream right here, because we want to focus on positive side so much. But I'm like, if how do we bring forward the things that really do build our relationship? Why why do we like each other? Why do we enjoy time together? Why what is this? And so how do we bring those things forward so that we can have a healthier, happier relationship? And really we know. I mean, Angela and I know this about everybody who's listening. If you're in a relationship, there are things that you do well. Mm-hmm. There are things that you guys do that may be better than anybody else. And so I want to encourage you to say, let's use those things. This is about leveraging strengths. Yeah, this is this this whole series is how do we leverage the things that are our best parts 
the things that really make our relationship, and that's specific to you, how does, how does, what are the things that make your relationship go, right? What are the things that, even yeah. in the past, what are the things that have, have really worked for y'all? And so, you know, we can talk about lots and we're going to talk about lots and lots of good things that we would think, hey, include this, do that, do this. And there's going to be lots of that in this series. It's a little bit, like Angela said, different than the other series. And we're probably going to really push you to say, hey, what are the things that we can continue to grow? That's actually our connect point for this first episode is we're just kind of pitching how this series is going to play out. We want you to kind of consider what are the good things that I do or that my partner and I do that are maintenance, that do actually contribute to our relationship. When we do them, we feel not only together or connected as a couple, but I feel enriched or, or encouraged, or even sometimes as a family. You know, we were kind of considering what are the things that have been good for us over the last 10 years of our marriage that we wanted to make a point to do every year? I know one of them we discussed, and we'll discuss this more in the yearly maintenance section, which is the next episode, the idea that we go on a yearly vacation. And that has something that's been been good for us. We try yeah. to plan it. We try to get away from work. But then 2020 hit, and we there didn't do vacation. that. And we realized, man, it is so easy to get off track. There were things that Chad and I did consistently, and then we had a baby, and then we had a toddler, and it was harder to travel with the baby and a toddler. And so there are circumstances. I, I hate to even kind of say having a kid is a circumstance or, you know, the pandemic. I mean, it, with every blessing, there's also a bit a of push. a struggle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there are circumstances that come up that push on things we do on a regular basis. And that's why if we have a foundation laid that's like, this is what is good for us, and this is what we're going to work towards – then we can have a conversation about it if we have an outlier, if we have a year that it doesn't work, or if we have uh, a situation that comes up where we need to consider something else. At least we're having the conversation about it, and it's not just passed over, forgotten. You know, sometimes a, a, a withdrawer can just not talk about it, maybe, and then the pursuer feels like you're ignoring it or not addressing it, and then there's resentment that builds. And so we really want to go, how do we be proactive about talking about the things that are good for our relationship. So I'm going to queue up the connect point. And really what we're saying is we want you to take a minute and say, what are the things that really work in our relationship? What are the things that uh, that we really have done well or we do well right now that, that make us go, okay, this is a good place. This is, these are things I really enjoy either, either doing with you or appreciate about you. What are the things that you guys really do well, right? That you really kind of can show up for each other and make happen you know, I'm, I'm aware that, you know, sometimes we're in bad places and it's hard to have that conversation. So if you need to, you know, just kind of say maybe back in the day or these are things I might want to include in our relationship, that's great. I mean, I, I know that sometimes that we're in tough places and we can't have those conversations also. So we're not pushing you to do more than you can, but I do want to challenge you in some ways to, to think about going on the offensive. Think about how, what are the things that we, you know, I can throw the long ball well, so to speak, or I can I can behave in this way, or when we're on vacation, or some some of those places that, that do work in your relationship. So that is our connect point. We want you to sit down and have a conversation about what are the things that maybe your couple, that the two of you do better than other people. I even want to say, Chad is usually good to say, you ended up together. You pursued each other and things were going really good in your relationship. So it might be a conversation that says, hey, 
Remember before we had kids and before the world fell apart, we used to have date nights. I really enjoyed those, not in an attacking or blaming way, but in a longing way to say, I miss the times when we had more opportunity to connect. That might be the conversation that you need to have if you are in a distressed place. The fact that you're even listening to a podcast lets us know that you're working on not only yourself individually, but you're investing in your relationship. And so kudos to that. That's a great place to start. And now the hope is that you're going to start to have conversations that really consider getting your marriage to a place where it's as strong as it can be. And that's what we want to encourage in this connect point. So let me give you a couple examples of what we're talking about. If Angela and I were to sit down and have this conversation, probably a few things that I would that would leap to mind first for me are things like, I love that we sit down and have dinner together. I like that we are consistent about that. I know a lot of couples don't do that, but that's something I think we do pretty well. We, we are consistent about what we do in the evenings. I also love that she and I do lots of different projects together, whether that's on the house or whether that's a podcast or whether that's, uh, we do lots of things together. And I think it's something that adds energy for us and we have a good time doing them. Um, I, I know that she and I also are both creative in different ways, very different ways in, in, in some instances. You know, I like to build and make and, and create things like kind of with my hands. And I think she's very artistic and has an eye for uh, design and color. So like when you put the two of us together, we can really create some cool things. So the idea there is that both of us are going, what are our strengths? What are the things we bring to the table that when we do them, it's like, I'm glad I did that. I know sometimes I don't want to go for a run, but then when I do exercise, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I did that, even though I sometimes had to talk myself yeah. into it. So at the end of whatever it is you guys are doing, you realize this was good for us. We might need to do this more often, but at least this is the consistent thing that we do. So that's your connect point. Man, thanks so much for listening. You know, the best thing you can do is share this with another couple if you feel like it would uh, be a good thing for them. Or you can like us or give us a review on any of the platforms where you're listening to or watching this podcast. Thanks so much, and we'll catch up with you in the next episode.